Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. We are amazing, we are C, we're Celtic, we are S, sensational, we are O, original, we are N, we're magical, we are O, whoa, it's Monday, excellent, that means it's the Monday Club, as ever, I'm joined by the amazing Amy Canavan, how are you Amy? I'm okay Tony, I'm doing, I'm okay, I'm a little bit 
I'm a little bit under the weather. I sound a little bit nasally. I'm not hungover, but um, I'm just a little bit nasally. But I'm doing fine. How are you? Good. That song was for you to cheer you up. Oh, I'm riled up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Yes. And we're joined by Axon's resident rascal, Russell Boris. Russell, yes, how mate. are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's good to be back in the Monday club. The weeks are just flying by and still we have no manager. <laughs> Excellent. Now, I'm going to keep up the uplifting mood because on Friday I told a story about Bobby Murdoch, my dad meeting his football hero, Bobby Murdoch. Yes. Al, which I was my last column on the record. I included it in the book. And I wanted to say thank you to everybody that got in touch. Very touched by that as well. A lot of well-wishers out there. And a lot of people bought the book on the strength of that story. But on Sunday in my DMs, I received this. And it was from Kathleen Murdoch. Bobby's wife, and she said, just wanted to thank you for your nice mention about Bobby and your dad. Today should have been our 57th wedding anniversary, so it's always nice to hear some nice memories. Thanks again. Now, about you, Russell or Amy, but hearing that and reading that, it's just good for the soul. And it, and it vindicates everything that we do in Axon, all the contributors, just to hear and get something like that. You don't do it for that reason, but it was just wonderful to read that. And I thought I'd share it with everybody on Axon because a lot of people were touched by the story and they liked it. So there you go. Brilliant, mate. But conversely, for every yang, there's a yang. <laughs> also got a lovely message saying, Tony, you're a big fat-faced trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> know what I mean? So there you go. So signed a well wisher. Right, she else can go up as well as now. Uh, but I just want to address that and say to the guy, I'm more of a 76 trombones in the big parade <laughs> a guy, right? So there you are. Well done, Tony. I love that, mate. That's how you deal with things, mate. Love it. <laughs> well, you've got to take the roughest move. You know what I mean? Can't, can't pack yourself with that. That's it. There we go. Now, Amy, to, to down the mood a little... Let's talk about the leather belts, the fuzzy felts, the Marjorie Proops, the rips, roaring, free-scoring, never boring Glasgow Celtic, because that will bring us all down a peg now after that marvellous high. Now, you can see along the strap line there, Angie Postacoglu edges closer to Celtic Park. A compensation fee has been agreed. Looks like his last day at Yokohama will be Wednesday and he'll fly in. We're immediately quarantine, and it looks like Joy. Kennedy could be preparing the team for the Champions League qualifiers. Now, I know you're under the weather, Amy, and this might send you straight back to your pit. But if it does, so be it. But can you give us some chat on that? What's your thoughts on that, Amy? Does that enamour you or does that worry you? Well, I think no matter what now, I think it's it's as near as inevitable as you can get probably with Celtic right now. You don't want to say it's inevitable because, you know, we said how it was inevitable and X, Y and Z was inevitable and uh, Kennedy and Strachan being out was inevitable, but that's just not the case. So, you know, it's, it's probably as close as close as been with, with Celtic. So we're, we're going to have to get behind the guy, absolutely. Um, and we will because that's what, that's what we do at Celtic. But uh, there's no denying that it's, 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 it'll still never be number one. You, you can't tell me that anyone thought, even after how, right, let's go for Postacoglu. But, you know, we've all done a hell of a lot more research since, since this time last week. And again, even even after last week, it, it was never an attack on, on Postacoglu. It was always an attack on the club. You know, it was, it was why, why have we still not heard anything, really? I understand, I, and now I understand 
understand that it can't be total transparency and the club aren't aren't certainly going to come out and tell us every, everything that how, how the how deal fell apart. But it'd be nice to maybe have a little bit of an indication as to, so where did it go wrong? You know, we gave how total control, apparently. Well, it certainly seemed that way, you know, backroom staff could wait as long as he needs and all of that. But then how is it not in his hands? Um it's a tough one. But like I say right now, I think we're just going to have to get behind Postacoglu. There's no way that it's not disappointing that Kennedy and Strachan are definitely still there. You know, they've been part of the problem for the last year. So how can they be part of the solution going forward when you're part of the problem? Um, and, you know, it does look likely that Kennedy will have to, you know, probably prepare us because the the isolation that Angel have to go through. So it's, a, it's not an ideal situation, but... Right now, we, we just have to get a manager in um, because this has dragged on for far too long. We're at 100 and however many days now, um, and it's an absolute disgrace. Well said there, yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. Russell, your thoughts on that? I mean, reading the start line there and just moving forward with Kennedy still there and Postacoglu imminent. And I put that in inverted commas because it's Celtic and deals can collapse at the last minute. You know that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the inverted commas are very important there, Tony. <laughs> I just think when you look at that that headline at the bottom there, I mean, honestly, can you believe that's what you're reading? Like yeah. after the day, you really did think things could only get better. Now, whilst we're all going to give Postacoglu, you know, a fair crack of the whip, absolutely. The Kennedy prepares for CL is the bit that really sort of sticks out as being inconceivable. That could be the situation we find ourselves in. Having got rid of our manager, we thought, OK, they've done it too late, but at least they're doing it with one eye on next season now. Do you know what I mean? Like, at least we've got, we've got rid of Neil Lennon so that we are completely prepared with our new manager for the incoming season. Those Champions League qualifiers will be tooled up we're going to be ready to rock and roll. And it turns out it's going to be Kennedy still in interim charge. Um, as for Postacoglu, well, we were talking about it yesterday on Axom. Um, in the words of Lemmy, don't back doing double doing. <laughs> and I know that Neil Lennon's done a bit of that recently, so I'm going to do a bit of Neil Lennon. I think that the Postacoglu deal is not a bus I want to drive. I'm going to stick by my guns. Whilst I had done very little homework last Monday, as we were all caught a bit off guard by the deal, and I actually happened to think it was probably pie-in-the-sky stuff, um, now it's became a reality, I thought, Tony, I better get my head in the books. We can't have another Monday like last Monday where we're getting called for all sorts and ignoramuses, you know? So I've done a little bit of digging, and, and it's been fantastic to have uh, so many Australian journalists featuring in the podcast recently the past week. Admittedly, I've not listened to all the various Celtic fan outlets that I've had Australian journalists on, but the ones I have all seem to have failed to mention his longest spell in management, which I find fascinating. So since his managerial career began, Amy, did you know that his longest stint at any any in charge of any team was the Australia under-20s, who, whom he took over after he'd won his first two titles, by the way. So whilst his stock was high, he took this job. This wasn't while he was learning his trade, per se. So in those seven years, he failed to qualify for the World Cup, not once, but twice, losing to countries like Leosos, like Jordan, like China, to name but a few. Two failed World Cup qualifications in seven years doesn't bode well. So we then look at how many titles he's won, and we've been raving about he's a serial winner, or so we are told. 
Um, he's actually finished first first place because the Australian League goes into a playoff system after the so you become Premiership winners if you finish top. And I thank Jared who was on uh, on last week. I think he corrected me on something I said yesterday, which might have got a wee bit lost in translation. My overall point was he's only actually ever finished first at the end of the round-robin stage, shall we say, which is how the SPFL operates, Tony. Um, he's only ever finished twice, uh, uh, first twice. He's also won though, the championship four times by navigating the playoff stage, which I, I off my cap to him for that. That is, that is fair dues. But it is also his native country. Um, in Japan, he has finished first once, and that was at the second attempt as well. And in the AFC Champions League, which has been won seven times by a Japanese club. The second highest success rate in the Champions League. So what we're saying is J-League champions go in there as pretty high contenders for either winning the title or making the latter stages. Angie crashed out in the last 16 to a team that didn't even win the South Korean League. So there's some balance on, and again, I don't dispute all the trophies he's won, but it's important to, to look at the other side as well because this has been a managerial career that began in 1996. So the you know the trophy laden managerial record, when you look at it over the period of time, isn't quite as glorious as it seems. Albeit 11 of those years were in international management, but as I say, seven of those were a failure. Amy, if you're correcting Russell's homework, you go 10 out of 10, Gold Star, EXC, VG, and you give it a, a big tick for that, don't you? Now, I, I think it's fair to say the three of us are very sceptical, right? Yeah, that's fair enough, and we're allowed to be sceptical. And you're pointing out facts there, and other people pointed out the the, the yin and yang of Postecoglou. But as you said, Damien, that we will get behind him if if he does come in. We, that's what you do as a Celtic supporter. But I'm, I'm like you, Russ. I, I see things like he's attack minded. Teams are defensively fragile. That worries me. That was Celtic this season, wasn't it? To an extent, yeah. maybe not so much of the attack minded. Mindiness about it. So, and then Ray Gat, a pretty prominent Australian journalist, said, "Can he handle the demands of immediate success at Celtic? I've got my doubts, but I wouldn't write him off." No things That's like a glowing endorsement. You know things like that can, you know, make, make you you worry a bit. You know, but Amy, I mean, what does he have to do to kind of get the doubting Thomases like us back on side? Does he have to negotiate the Champions League qualifiers and get through that? Or does he just have to come in and stamp his authority on the team? Or does he have to appoint his own backroom staff? What, what do you think? Would, would What would you like to see him do from the moment he comes in? From the moment he comes in, I think definitely stamp his authority on his own backroom staff. Because, you know, then it shows that you've got a bit of a leader. And, you know, many have came out and said that he's not a yes man. So, so let's prove it. Um, so you know he'll he'll be more than aware that the club were going to allow how you know everything and anything he wanted anything at his disposal all of his backroom staff whatever it may be so he's got every right as well to to demand for exactly the same you know not nothing's changed the role is still is still a vacancy um so he's got every right to 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 bring in his own staff and you know Neil Lennon recently has said how tough it is to inherit a, a backroom team that's not his. He even at least knew who John Kennedy was. You know, I don't, 
I, I don't obviously know, but I, I doubt that Ange Postacoglu knows a lot about Kennedy and Strachan. Um, so it's important for him to, to have confidence in, in his backroom team because we're seeing how big a journey this is and how big a step up this is. Well, then he's going to need his support network around him, whoever it may be. Um, and then, of course, as well, Champions League is, is massive. Um Everything's massive this season. You know, there is so much. There's there's such a big pot at the end of the season for for the winning for winning the league for Champions League for everything. Um, so there is a lot riding on it, and there's a lot riding on it to to simply just to to win the league and get and get us back to where where we're supposed to be. So, is by no means a a plain sailing job, but it's um it's time for him to obviously, like you say, come in and and make his mark and and get get kick started. Russell, what would you accept as a good start? Or do you think he's on a bit of a hiding to nothing? Because if he does have a bad start, the, the naysayers will be out like us, I suppose. But, you know, there's a lot of people on board with this that are getting excited about it now. And, you know, and that's fair enough. I mean, you, you, every new manager has to get that support, doesn't it? As I said, you have to get behind them, you know, now that we know they've paid the compensation and he should be here. Yeah, for me, for me, Tony. I mean, I completely exempt him of trying to navigate the the, the Champions League uh, this year. I thought, I mean, it's just far too late for him to come in and be judged on the Champions League qualifying campaign. I think a great start for him would be to sell fifty two thousand season tickets. I think that'd be very, very interesting if he can capture the imagination, whether that be in interviews or by bringing in his own backroom team that seem that, that shows he's got a bit of presence about him. Or um, you know, maybe makes a couple of shrewd signings. Um, I think it'd be impressive if he can get as many season tickets as what we really we're going to require because we need to be, you know, we need to have as much investment put back into the club as possible here. My concern is that he's not box office, if you like, um, enough to to do that. So I think that'd be an achievement in itself. And then yeah, of course you can need to hit the ground running because let's be honest, I think the 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 side we're up against. We don't expect them to have a, a slow start. They're going to come out the blocks firing. They're going to smell blood right now. They're as aware as we are. There's a forty million pound bounty at the end of this season that can only enhance, you know, their 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 possibilities further or help clear their debts, whatever way you want to look at it. I know that pandles to some people's beliefs. Um, I think though, for 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 Angie, we cannot judge him on the Champions League, and that you know, for for whatever you know. Uh, analysis I'm doing of his previous record I am not one who's going to be using that as a stick to beat him with once he begins his role it is for balance as to why I've got my reservations about him getting the role once he's in the role I don't think we can judge him in the Champions League I think that'd be ridiculous but whether rightly or wrongly he is going to need to come at the traps absolutely flying because this season is again it's very much like last season it's one like no other because there is no guarantee that you know, because what happened in Japan was he flirted a relegation right in his first year. He ended up scraping 12th place, right? And I think they finished relatively safe from the relegation zones in the end. But they were flirting with it for a good chunk of that season. And in the second year, they went into full steam ahead mode and finished first. No one can say whether Scotland's coefficient will be strong enough at the end of, not this season coming, but the following season, that two places will end uh, Two places will get a uh, Champions League again. So really, he needs he can't he can't finish second. Sorry, at the end of the, the end of this season coming, we don't know yet if second place will get you Champions League again. Yeah. So 
really we can't afford that season bed or anything. And also there's a there's also that obviously there's going to be sceptical supporters. I wonder if there'll be a sceptical new CEO as well. Because you can't help but feel this is a Paul uh, P- Paul? A Peter <laughs> Lowell production. <laughs> um and maybe not so much a Dominic Mackay one. So I wonder if you'll get as you know as long a time as what perhaps Neil Lennon got this year when we all felt the trigger could have been pulled earlier. Now, there's also reports as well about Ange Postacoglu's backroom staff, and one of the names that's came up is Kevin Muscat. Just <laughs> player Kevin Muscat, Wales, Australian international. Now, I don't know about how you feel about that, Amy, but Amy, sorry, I don't care who comes in as long as they work as a team and they do their best for Celtic and it produces the best for Celtic. You know, I think if you look at Kevin Muscat's career, it was very fleeting at Rangers, but there is that that Rangers link and some people have been up in arms about that. But if this is a guy who Ange Postecoglou trusts and people are saying, get your own men in and he comes in, is that, would that be a concern to you? Or are you like me? You just don't care as long as they work together and produce what's best for Celtic moving forward? Well, I guess I'm part of this new breed, young generation. I'll be honest, and um, I'll probably get pelters for this and people think I'm just saying it for the sake of, but I, I honestly had no idea who, who he was. Um, I have since, I've looked up on him this morning um, and I think it came out maybe three or four days ago um, and it was it was one season, was it 22 appearances he's made for Rangers? Now, I think I was... Just to put it in perspective, like I was two when he played for Rangers. That is why I have no idea who he is. Um, and I have, so I, I'll be honest, I don't have any any problem with it. If he was, you know, I've attacked him before. If it was a Barry Ferguson, you know, a Rangers legend um, and a, a, a real, you know, a real Rangers man, then of course there would be reservations over that. But to be honest, for me, I, I don't really have any. We can't sit here and say, you know, Postacoglu needs his own staff. He needs to have player, um, sorry, staff who will who he um, he trusts and who backs him. And then because it's a, a man who had one season at Rangers, and as you see, a, a, a a very short period of his, his long career there as well. Can't they say, oh, no, we'll not have him. If that's who he trusts, then that's who he trusts. So I understand other people may, may have different views on it, but for me, he's, he's far from a Rangers legend. Um, I, I have no problems with it. Russell, your thoughts on that? It uh, makes no odds to me that he played 22 games for Rangers. He was a bang average player anyway, but no, no, absolutely. I mean, if he's a good coach, who cares? I mean, I, I didn't bother me even when we signed Kenny Miller, to be honest with you. And, you know, he'd been at Rangers very, you know, very close to proximity to when he came to Celtic. Only two seasons or something like that at Wolves and then he was up, he was up at Celtic. So that never bothered me then. Kevin Muscat being the backroom team, it would be at least a step forward that the manager's getting to pick a member of his backroom team. Like Jamie says, we can't sit and complain about oh, you know, we want him to have his own backroom team and then go, oh, but you can't have him and you can't have him. No, that's, I don't think that's right. So, no, if Angie wants Kevin Muscat, then by all means, go for it. Now, anyway, you mentioned the word new breed, which brings us neatly on to <laughs> Neil Lennon's interview in the Times over the weekend. And I think Russell spoke about it briefly on Axon yesterday, but yeah. I want to both of you to address that. What, what were your thoughts, Amy? I'll come to you first because you identified yourself there as one of this new leader fan that Neil Lennon said he didn't have anything in common with. 
alongside other highlights that there was an unhealthy obsession with 10 amongst the supporters, stuff like that. So what were your thoughts when you read it first and foremost, Amy? I think I laughed. Um, I think I laughed and I just was like, wow, this is, to be honest, I think it was more, this is actually what I expect from Neil Lennon now. Um, you know, I think, to be honest, I probably defended him for a little bit too long and I think most of the new breed actually did because for me, you know, I so I grew up and then I think Neil Lennon maybe left Celtic when I was six or seven so I could slightly remember, you know, I think the the last season, um, I think I can remember his, his final cup final. Um, but then obviously over those next few years and my dad and my brother, we, we watched them. So, and then obviously he came back as a coach and he came back and then as the manager. So for me, Neil Lennon was a Celtic legend. And I, and I think many of the, um, the new breed actually did think that because he's been that constant. Um, and he really was the... You know the fan who was kind of living the dream. Um, so we thought, but wow, um, I feel a bit of an idiot probably for sticking up for him for as long as I have. Um, I don't have a single shred of respect for him anymore. Um, and I think the 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 interview with the Times just summed everything up of what um, the, the man has become. I think he'll struggle certainly now to get back into management. Um, I, th- I think it was a, a PR disaster from his point. You know, we could totally and utterly analyse uh, everything he said. You know, so for starters, for so a disconnect with the new breed. Okay, um, the the obsession with the ten. Well, it wasn't that. You know, this time last year. You know, we need the fans more than ever as we push for the ten. Um, you know, it, it's so important that we have the fans. You know, ten means everything. I'm here to, to deliver the ten. Um, and then I think the, big, the biggest thing that struck out for me was obviously, you know, everything that fell apart of the season, it, was, it wasn't his fault. But but the, the victory over Lazio, that was all him. Sorry, did Odds and Edward put the ball into him? Did he score in the Stadio Olimpico? Was, was it him? <laughs> was, you, know, you, can't, you can't take the... So we'll take all the plaudits, you know, I beat Lazio. I'm the first Celtic manager to, to, win, a, to win over in Italy. But chucking the league? No, that's not me. So... I think it was a disaster from his point, and like I say, I, I seriously have zero respect for the man now. That's fair enough. I also took the new breed uh, of fan to be this, not so much Axon, but podcasters and all that, those kind of. Yep. I took that, that wasn't even a subliminal message, it was a, a, a dig. You know, uh, podcasters and social media and fan media, you know, where he, he has had these comments and statements about those people before, but to say that he had nothing in common with them, that I think that's you know, that's that's below the belt, if you ask me to be honest, Russell. I don't know your thoughts if you read the interview in full or you know, or yeah, I mean, I, I just I just think, um, when it comes to when it comes to Neil Lennon, Neil Lennon has became a man of self preservation right now, um, and what he's trying to do right now is anything he can to absolve himself of the disaster that was the campaign 2020 to 2021. The fact of the matter is, Neil Lennon is front left and centre of that campaign. Um, he was the manager. Um, he put himself in that position. Well, he didn't put himself in that position, but he accepted the job on terms that I wouldn't have expected him to do. But he did it with one arm tied, tied behind his back, you could argue, but again, his call to do so. To now use the excuse he's thrown the players under the bus. He's thrown the fact he didn't pick his own backroom team under the bus. 
He's thrown COVID under the bus. He has done everything he can. And I've got a lot of buses, but I'm running out of room, Neil. Because <laughs> to throw, you know, a global audience, I don't know how many Celtic fans are out there in the world wide, but, you know, to try and then split them up into a new breed and old breed sort of thing, I think is really, really childish. I actually find it quite petty. I think it's something that any logical um, director of football or football chairman looking at prospective managers will be past that interview. If Neil Lennon was on a potential list, then we'll go, uh-uh, no chance. Whatever Neil Lennon was trying to achieve, and apparently it was with a new PR firm, um, wow, it is spectacularly backfired. You don't turn on fans because all that now does is make him look toxic. How could you... This is a, this is a fan base that wins Best Fans of the Year awards and things like that and are renowned for the, the fact they support their team in such amazing ways and etc. and with such passion and vigour. And this is a set of fans with an unhealthy obsession that Neil Lennon was doing this to. Not last season, not the nine in a row season, but when he was an interim charge. So his ego was already uh, getting pumped up when he was an interim charge. He was doing the ten fingers then. So unhealthy obsession, Neil. Have a look in the mirror. I don't actually find anything about the 10 unhealthy at all as an obsession. It, to me, was something domestically that was the holy grail. Whilst not meaning much, perhaps, to people outside the Scottish football bubble, we we operate within that bubble. And I think that the, the 10 was, a, was an obsession. It was something that was spoken about all through my childhood in the 90s, and that was all about preventing the 10 and what it meant to the likes of my dad, for example, stopping it. I mean... It was, I, I, you know, that sort of really sort of got me understanding why this was such, it was such a momentous thing. So then to be thinking, we could actually go on and and win it, you know, like this could be, this could be, and I dare say every supporter's got a story as to why it's so such a big deal. And the worst bit about all that is Neil Lennon knows that. So why kid on? It's now an unhealthy obsession. It's just nonsense. The thing is, as well, though, and, and everything you, you've said, Russell, is absolutely spot on, but then take away the, the magnitude of the 10 then. So is he saying that we had an unhealthy obsession of wanting to win the league? Because fundamentally, you know, you can you can break it all down. You can totally take it all away. And you can take down the whole, you know, holy grail and all of that. And if you if you wanted to part that aside, you know, because... You, you hear players and your managers break everything down that, oh, it's just another game, it's just another game. The next game is the most important game. Um, and I understand that. And that's even before then delivering the nine or eight or whatever it may be or, or winning a cup every game. The next game is the most important. So then surely the next league is the most important. I don't yep. care if it's three in a row, ten in a row, thirty in a row. Um Is that basically what he's saying? That it is an unhealth, uh, unhealthy obsession, sorry, to want to win the league? Well, I'll tell you what I took from it as well. He, he was more or less echoing what Dermot Desmond was saying that the, the supporters, a breed of them, felt entitled. They didn't feel entitled, but what I, what I will say is they were entitled to see their team mount a better league challenge last season than they did. Celtic were the richest club in the country. They were entitled to see a, a race that went to the wire. Right? But it didn't. They lost by 25 points. And it was on his watch. He, they were entitled to see the, the, the boardroom members, the first team players and the management team perform better in their job than they did. That's where their entitlement was. Wasn't it about uh, we feel entitled that we should win every title? We, we were entitled to 
the people that represent the football club do their job properly. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Yep. That, well, no, but this whole entitled narrative, it's absolutely terrible to throw that at Celtic supporters because they didn't expect a... Well, they didn't take it as read at the 10. No, didn't take it for granted that they would win the 10. They were pretty confident they could do it. And because everything up to that point and all roads had pointed to that, but you've still got to turn up, you've still got to perform, you've got to earn the right to play and win it. And I think somewhere along the line this season, that was lost at every possible level at Celtic. And then yeah. it's back in the supporters' faces. And that, that's basically seen well, you're user, user responsible as well. Well, the people that fought took 600 quid yeah. and more. you watch a dodgy stream? The fans that weren't given added value at all, the fans that were, in, were strung along by the Eddie Howe goose chasing the end up, mm-hmm. that, is that who Neil Lennon is seriously blaming for, for losing the 10? Mm-hmm. I find that ridiculous. I really do. They had a brilliant conversation there with one of the viewers like on DMs or whatever, on, I think it was Facebook Messenger, and he was saying, well, what do you expect him to do? Do you expect him to come out and slag off the board? And I says, neither. I expect him to take responsibility if he's going to do an interview for the mistakes he's made. But coming back to the phrase of the day, Tony, what does Neil Lennon do? He doesn't back down, <laughs> double <laughs> down. <laughs> so even, even with his job not at threat any longer, and... You know, he's unemployed, or he's not unemployed, he's doing some media punditry work and all that, and the dust has settled. Neil Lennon is doubling down because he was refusing still to take any responsibility. Conveniently doesn't mention Clues, Sarajevo, you name it, Ross County, Sparta, Prague, home and away, 4-1, Humpins. He gets to go back to the season before very convenient, and as Amy says, I thought it really did stick. People forget I won in Lazio, or whatever the statement was. I'm paraphrasing slightly, but it was a I victory in Lazio. Do you know what I mean? Sort of connotation, not we. And I find that I find that actually quite amazing because it gives you a wee bit into his psyche. 
So firstly, it means Neil Lennon did feel isolated at Celtic. He did feel that it was him against the world, and I think we could all tell that. Secondly, I think it's very interesting that when he came out and said about... Remember he said about players wanting to leave? And then Chris Iyer this in the past week has sort of said, they, they told me to stay for the 10, and I agreed. So... If Neil Lennon wants to talk about an unhealthy obsession with the 10, surely, if he, if he, and again, he could have said neither, which would be my argument, but if he wants to talk about unhealthy obsession, that is the bold of an unhealthy obsession because if Chris Iyer walks up to you and says, I want to go, I'm sorry, but he's got to go. You've got to cash in. He's got two years left in the deal. You don't leave it to one year now when we're all talking about under 10 million and stuff. We could have got probably 15. We just want to treble again. Stock's high. He doesn't want to be there. Punt him. But they, you know they would not be willing to reinvest the full 15 million, say, they got from it. That's for argument's sake. The 15 million. They wouldn't put that all back in the kitty. That's the problem. So they just kept up. They kept a hold of him. Well, that's my, just my nice wee segue into the next thing that I was going to bring up, and it was the IEA quotes that he gave when he was away on international duty with Norway. And this is what he said, Amy. He said, I was promised I could leave last summer, but we then agreed I would stay to try and help the club win 10 in a row. That was important to the club, but unfortunately we didn't succeed. Now I'm expecting the club to keep its word. There is not a set fee agreed, but I expect them to find a solution. This won't come as a surprise to the club. They know what I want. I think it's important for them to sell me to get funds in in order to help with a rebuild of the club. I hope my intentions are clear. I've been at the club for five years and I have given my all. I hope people will appreciate that, that I want to give something back to the club and not go for a free. There you go. And as Russell's just said there, that that was, that was him speaking last week, but he'd obviously felt that way for a year. And if that was the case, then he was one of the players that Lennon threw under the bus after Ferdinand yep. Favre said, there's players that don't want to be here, specifically referred to him. But then he was talking about the unhealthy obsession with the 10. The very words Chris Iyer said, well, I agreed to stay and help the club win 10 in a row, or to try and help the club win 10 in a row. So the truth's somewhere. Exactly. It's um, integrated in there somewhere, isn't it? Um, I think kudos to Chris Iyer. You know, I've got every respect for him. Um, unlike Lennon and I think he's extremely honest in what he's came out and said there and I, and I really do hope that he gets the move and I think as well you know if Lennon uh, as you said you know he came out and said like, oh, there's players that don't want to be here well I certainly didn't play or seem on the park that he didn't want to be here you know he, he gave 110% and that is why there is there's no doubt that for many he has been the you know, I hate to say this season, I played the season, but the most consistent player of this season, or whatever you want to call it, um, because he's put on a shift every time, um, and he's been he's been talked about the defence. He's had different roles, but he's been that leader as well. And I think he's been one of the few, probably maybe not a shining light, but like I say, consistent performers on a side where um, consistency has been non-existent. So. I think fair play to him. I think his, his statement was really, really honest, um, and I really liked it. And I think he holds a lot. He holds a lot of class, and I think a lot of Celtic fans will also probably respect that because I think 
you know, he's, he's maybe it's not nice to hear that while he's doing it out on international duty, but it's um, he's made his point and he's made it clear, and he's covering himself as well. You know, he's saying obviously what the it's a very intelligent move that what the club promised him. So he's not doing anything like sneaky behind the behind the scenes that could get messy, and he's protecting himself. Yeah. Very much so, yeah, Russell, your thoughts on those quotes? I mean, you touched on it there, but... Yeah, so, but I, think, I think for a wee bit of balance, I think it does also prove that Neil Lennon was raging at that point in time when he gave that interview because there was truth in what he was saying, right? But what it really confuses me about this is, why is he taking aim at the supporters when... What strikes me, and now I could be wrong here, but let's just play devil's advocate. What's he annoyed that we weren't selling Chris Iyer? Because the impression I get of Neil Lennon as a sort of football guy is, if you don't want to be here, off you go. I'm not going to beg you to stay. And Neil Lennon's frustrations have bubbled over into this interview. And he's almost saying, there's guys here who don't want to be here, but I've almost got to play them because we're refusing to sell them. I don't know. I mean, Neil Lennon doesn't strike me as someone who begged Chris Iyer to stay for the 10. It doesn't sound like... I don't know why he's came out and had to pop at the supporters when really... Those higher funds we could have got then, I'm sure Neil Lennon, remember he's got an eye for a player, uh, I think he would have backed himself to get um, to yeah. get an adequate replacement. And so it's it's a really interesting one. Also as well, Russell, you, you can add I, uh, Edward and Christie into that, right? 100%. Right, so that was, we, we all suspected that that was the kind of triumvirate of players that he was referring to when he mentioned that after Fernand Farrell's, right? So you take the accumulative amounts of money that you could have got for keeping all the unhappy players at the club, right? And it could have been a major step towards your rebuild. Yep. Right? And could have given you a tilt at the 10. I know it's could have, would have, should have, but see if you're a big club then, you act like that. You don't keep unhappy players. You cash in, as you said, when their stock's high and they go, yeah, you're upset to see them leave, but they go with your best wishes. Now there's acrimony, a go-go. People are saying one thing, other guys are saying another, and the name is, we've said the other truth somewhere in between. But you're still, you're always in these situations, there's more questions than answers. Eddie Howe deal breaks down more questions than answers. Now, if you're a big club and you want to steady the ship, you sell those players. You say at the start of the seat, or in PC, right, uh, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. All right, we're listening to offers. You get agents to do your work, the agents to do the work on the club's behalf, and you get the normal, you know, you get the maximum fee that you can get for these. I mean, Edward last season, you could have got what, 25 million for possibly? Well, I think so. 25? I think so. Yeah. Right, Aya, you could give up what? 15, I think. 12 to 15, possibly. Two years years to go, I think. And his stock was high, remember, because we won a treble. I think he would be. Christy, you could have got maybe towards 10. Up to 10. 10, 10, 12. 10. Yeah, right. So, as you say, playing devil's advocate, that's a lot of money you could have brought into the club. And Neil Lennon wouldn't have, have seen it all, but he would have no. seen a fair chunk of it to bring in suitable replacements for those players. But they didn't do that. And then they kept unhappy players, and that malaise was allowed to set in and it and manufactured itself in the way the season unfolded. So, you know, it's... And I don't so who's, got, who's got the unhealthy obsession with the 10? The fans or the, or the, or the, or the board that are 
keep well, the players. <laughs> sorry, sorry, we just had, no, had to get that. A fair point, isn't it? That, that's what that's what we're saying. So it's throwing up more questions than answers. Yeah, you know, and and in these kind of situations, maybe it's best to say nothing. But I can get where Ayer's coming from. Right, he's just maybe putting a wee narrative out there, and you know, and then as you say, and everybody knows my thoughts on Ayer as a footballer, but. I don't wish him all, and I wish him all the best wherever he goes, and we'll see how good a player he is. We'll, we'll find out, you know. But on that, I mentioned another player. I want you to talk about him, but more in a positive way, Edward. I want your memories of Edward. I'm fed up with being a bit kind of negative. Edward, my abiding memory of Edward is that it was only fleeting that he got to play alongside Dembele. And I just wish that they two had they been able to play longer because I think they'd have been a devastating strike force. And I go back to that goal at Ibrox with kind of telepathic communication with a pass from Dembele that releases Edward. Yeah. It's still a lot to do. And if you look at it, I don't think it takes many touches. I think it takes about one or two touches and it's all shimming and before yeah. the best friends one in it. And it's a beautiful goal, but crafted by two guys. You just, you just knew, you just thought, You've got an understanding. They speak the same language and they spoke the same language on the park. And it was just a yep. pity that they couldn't have been kept together. But I, I still rate them barely as a better player than Edward. But Edward gave you some fantastic memories. Amy, did he not? Yeah, absolutely. Did. I'm trying to rack my brain right now. Um, the, the goal at Ibrox is definitely up there. Um, I don't think he'll, like say, I don't think he'll go down probably, I think. I don't know. I, I think for me, Dembele goes down as a hero. Um, I, I don't think Edward will, and I, I know that's maybe a bit harsh. I don't know. I don't know why I've came to that, but I think maybe it's the, the connection with the fans. Maybe I think Dembele just, you know, really engrossed himself in the club, and you know, in and and just really, he just really got it, didn't he? A bit like you know, you've seen like. Mikel Lustig in the last few days as well, over the last few years as well. I think he, he's he's just one of the guys that really got it, and I think Dembele has as well. And he's he's definitely shown a lot of class since he's left, and he's 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 proved that he's he, ha, he is a Celtic man. Um, but because it's just you know he, he's just he's got the attitude, and he's just still got that connection. I think I don't I don't know. I'm really struggling right now with Edward, but I definitely. I definitely think the Ibrox and then as well, um, it's it's uh, it's Hamden. He, he, he's always loved the big stage, you know. I think it's it's the winner against Hearts. Um, yeah, uh, that that one gets me the the chip. But there's 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 just so many. There really is, and I think um, I think it'll definitely be sad to see him go. Um, but it's more than time this season. He's been so far off the ball. And maybe that's as well why he won't maybe certainly go down as a hero. I think he's he's kind of. You know, not being lazy, but I think everything this season, he's just not not always been at the races, and he's he's just a little bit huffier than Dembele, I think. <laughs> Russell, your thoughts on it? Well, ironically, Neil Lennon's first game, yeah, uh, when he came back and he and he slotted it at Tynecastle, that was huge. Uh, yeah, we yeah. needed that win, and Scott Brown yeah. plays that absolute beautiful clip ball to the back post. I mean, it was not a difficult finish, but it was just a moment. Do you know what I mean? In time where. Lennon was back in the dugout. We've been thrown under the bus by Rogers. You know, the, the, I think it was the day before. I think Lennon only had a day to sort that. I mean, the last minute goal, Tynecastle is one of the best grounds to go to. I think probably my favourite away game. Um, and I just thought, I actually think Edward's missed the fans. And I know his demeanour doesn't seem like that, 
that I actually think he he's one of those folk who needs a rocket up the you know what, right? And I think the fans gave him that. I actually think he was like, you know, he was like, whoa, what's happening here? And I think he actually kind of it elevated him at times. And I think he tried things this season that he wouldn't have tried with 60,000 breathing down his neck. We only need to look at the Ibrox example, you know, when he's tried to do that silly volley style. But there was loads of times this season where he's tried to take on an extra man or take an extra touch or try to do something more clever than he normally would. In his defence, he's still got, what, 24 goals, 25 goals? Yeah. And it looks as you if know. he's going to be reunited with Brendan Rodgers, so fair enough, you know. But, I, I mean, I, I always thought, like Dembele, I think Edward got it to a point and he, he tried to turn up in the big games you know, scored some cracking goals against Rangers. You know, I and Celtic Park, the, the 5 0 game where they won the title, he was immense. And then he ran about 40 yards and stuck one in, uh, in one of the games as well. The 2 1 game with Forrest got to the winner. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yep. So, you know, he, he has had, as Amy said, quite a lot of moments, but probably not earned the hero status because that hero status has been tarnished by what's happened this season. I kind of get that, you know. And I think he'll be disappointed at that because I think his relationship with the fans, as you say, was was pretty sound, Russell. They they kinda loved him, didn't they? They, they yep. nine million pounds gets you something special and at times he he would produce something special, but he was also quite infuriating with the extra touches and the mm-hmm. another shimmy and that kind of thing. So I, I guess that's what kind of put people off. Maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. But No, I think I think the way I see it is in Hopefully, if we're still doing it, but maybe in a, in a year or two's time, if me and Kev are doing a scream of Celica and we end up in a season, Edward was at the forefront. I think you'd be looked back on in a far better light than perhaps he is at the present moment. I think history will be pretty kind to Edward. I think he gives a lot more good memories than bad ones, to be fair. Fair enough. Now, I don't know about you, but at the end of this week, there starts a tournament in Scotland, they're in it. I know it's not exactly Celtic related, but there's a lot of Celtic presence in the Scotland team right now. And I know you two are fervent Scottish supporters like me. So I'll come to you, Amy. You must be buzzing for the fact that Scotland, with a heavy Celtic contingent, are, are playing in the Euros. Yay! I am buzzing. <laughs> I, am buzzing. I think I was speaking a. To Paul last week or whatever, we were trying to figure it out. Um, and obviously, this is my first tournament that Scotland have been at. And I think by the age that I think when Paul was my age, he'd seen Scotland at six major tournaments. I uh, could be wrong, but I think that's what it was. Um, he might come on and go, Oh, he's not that old, but um, <laughs> but um, I, I am absolutely buzzing. I am honestly, this is I've never experienced obviously anything like this. Um, and already, you know, there's there's just such a buzz, it's the simplest things that like where I work, I work at Tesco, and there's like there's Scotland flags kicking about, and I'm like, This is mental, I've never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like everyone's getting getting on about with 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 hysteria, um, and I'm loving it, and I'm I'm just I'm so excited to see like what happens next week. Um, I'm I'm actually gutted. I next Monday I'm getting my COVID jab, so I can't drink for the Czech Republic game. So that's a tough one. Um, but I am so so buzzing to see just just to be a part of this all. It's going to be um, it's going to be so cool, and I and I can't wait. But you look at the squad, Amy. It's quite strong, isn't it? It's the strongest squad we've had in many a year, hence the reason we qualified for the tournament. But you, you're going into that with real kind of optimism. 
and hope. Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to say that Scotland are obviously going to go and win it, and I know that's probably how a lot of the new breed and the rest um, are probably acting, but it's just there's just such a general excitement. But it is, um, I think... You know, I think under Steve Clark, we, we, we play some decent stuff and I appreciate it's maybe always not the most attractive football, but um, it's a decent setup we've got. Um, and, and I'm so, so looking forward to seeing to seeing Dykes and, and Shea Adams up top. I really am. Um, and, and I know Dykes came under quite a lot of criticism, especially in the, after the last two friendlies. I think it does a lot of work off the ball. Um and, and, and that's the exciting bit. Um, he's great for Adams, and Adams has just been such a powerhouse since he's since he's came in. Um, you know, John McGinn certainly gets gets you excited. Scott McTominay, um, and I think it's it's been absolutely fantastic that we've managed to to get Tierney and Robertson in the same side and working so well. Uh, you know, that's such a great asset. They're they're just so so good. Um, one goes forward, one drops back, and I, I think it's really exciting. And, and I'm I'm buzzing. Russell, I know it's not Celtic related, but we are all Scotland fans, so absolutely, forgive us for indulging in the fact that we'll we'll have the kick, tournament will have kicked off by the time we speak again. So, you I know, know. anticipating that we on Friday that it all kicks off, and, and we're there for once. We're inside the tent, looking out, and out, everybody, and not outside the tent looking in. So it's just a great feeling, isn't it? Oh, I cannot wait! And and you know what? It's quite interesting as well. Just to put a Celtic spin on it. So Steve Clark, the difference that I thought in Scotland's sort of style of play when they played the Netherlands, particularly when they the pressing up high, the dovetailing between Tierney and Robertson, which has been improving anyway, but I thought was sublime against the Netherlands. Didn't know how to deal with Tierney at all. Centre back who was cutting up the left wing at times, it was just amazing. Um but I just thought that shows you what Clark can do when he gets an extra week with that team. The difference was night and day. And you think, that's about just as long as you would have if he took over before the before the Champions League first qualifier at the end of the Euros. You would back him to get us through, you know, with, with short notice because, honestly, I thought it was stark contrast to the, the other style of play that we've seen him obviously have to, have to endure with, 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 you know, with Scotland because at times you've got to sort of be pragmatic when, you, when you're Scotland. But I thought that it was, it was free-flowing. To, 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 for want of a better phrase, Tony, um, against the Netherlands. And I, I, it gave me a lot of hope, that match. I, I, albeit I only caught um, the, the tail end of the, the Luxembourg match where Flatmate reliably informs that we should have scored more than what we did, but it hadn't been a great, it hadn't been a great game. But again, it was a clean sheet, another victory. I think we could qualify for the group. And do you know what? I think a lot of that is down to the manager as well. But as a, when you talk about the squad, Arsenal, Man United, Liverpool... Plenty of Celtic players in there. We are represented by top clubs now. Couldn't agree more. And I think if you the way that the qualifying looks if Scotland throw throw everything at the Czech Republic game and they, they can get a win there, then they would probably almost more or less guarantee qualification, isn't it? The way it's kinda of going. If you win a game you possibly could go through. You know, wow. so and you also the England game will take care of itself. If you need motivated for the England game, maybe you're in the wrong dressing room, aren't you? Absolutely. Um, it's going to be great. It really is. Um, obviously, just don't rely on Stuart Armstrong to, to clear a ball in the dying minutes. But um, other than that, it's um, there's another. I think against the Dutch, Stuart Armstrong was terrific. But um, nah, that's going to be that's going to be a great game as well, and I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to that Friday. Hopefully, it's going to be a nice day as well. So Friday night, what more do you want? 
Uh, first international tournament I remember I mean that Italian 90 I was like two do you know what I mean but it was Euro 96 and Scotland and England were drawn in the same group then as well Amy. so I and I was on, I was what seven or eight that day but I had the football bug by then I can remember exactly where I was when I watched it I remember everything about the game it's so weird eh? but it'll be oh I cannot wait for us back at a major tournament it'll be awesome man now another what? high point for Celtic Russell and you watched it yesterday, was the Pete Honcho, Fran Alonso, Glasgow Celtic Girl Galacticos. There you are now. What like that. that was, wasn't it? And he oh. called and interviewed him and even gave you a mention for your style with a white jacket. Oh. I mean, you can't get any better than that. Well done to the girls. 8-0 win. Clinching second place in a Champions League berth. I mean, that terrific stuff, wasn't it? It was amazing, and you know what? The 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 the, the, the obviously target was to to win the match, get three points, guarantee Champions League. I hope there's a slip up in the other game, but don't worry about it too much. Go for the kill, just go for the juggler right from the start. He had to make, I think it was five changes due to COVID, and he only found out a matter of hours before kickoff. Made no odds; you would not know it. He's got that whole squad bought into his style. He just one's out, one goes in, and they play the exact same, which is pretty impressive, to be fair. Um, and I like the fact right up to the end we were still going for more goals than just the eight. Champions League football secure. Celtic Park apparently will be the venue for the Champions League nights as well. All I can ask the Monday club is, are we going? <laughs> I can. Uh, I think the girls deserve that accolade to play their Champions League games at Celtic Park. What a no more fitting way to. You know, celebrate that, that achievement from the season, Amy. What do you think? Absolutely, it's amazing. I've been, um, you know, I've, I've been battling on about this all season. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, I think even though both Celtic and Rangers are both, you know, went full time, put a lot of money invested in both squads, even then, Rangers were definitely um, the, the favourites to, to, to challenge Glasgow City and if not challenge, definitely finish second and get that second Champions League spot. Um, so now this is an absolutely terrific achievement and it really can't be underestimated because Rangers as well, they pulled in a lot of experience from the league. Um, you know, they, they, took, they took a few Hibs players, um, Hibs who have obviously been, you know, Glasgow City's biggest challenger for, for the last few seasons and, you know, they're, um, they're the, um, the Champions League Knights at Easter Road for, for Hibs, they've been absolutely phenomenal. Um, they, they really have. So it's going to be so so exciting to see, you know, Champions League nights at, at Celtic Park for the, for the girls. And it, as you say, it's, it's where they should be. Um, you know, and it absolutely should be playing at Celtic Park. And you just got to hope that everybody really does get behind them. Um, because what I can experience, you know, there are some terrific European sides out there. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a great achievement and it can't be underestimated. And I think it's really great that, because, you know, yesterday the, the, the girls done everything they absolutely could. It was going to take a, a real big push from Rangers to beat Glasgow City because you don't win 14 titles in a row if you, if you don't know how to get it over the line. So yeah, exactly. you know, kudos, kudos to Glasgow City because that's a, a tremendous run that they are still on. Um, 
but it's it's um it's just really good to see that there wasn't a disappointment that oh we, we never we, won, we never won the league sorry but just it was all the enthusiasm was in but wow we've, we've secured Champions League football and and that's it's brilliant just to see everybody get behind them and I think this season more than ever obviously it's understandable but that we have but it's um it's just it's just been so exciting you know our season's been done for for what almost a month now and we've just put all our energy especially Axel into into the girls and and it's the way it should be um so I've loved that. I've loved the coverage. Um, I'm well on Russell's Fran Alonso bus as well on this one. So it's um, it's been absolutely terrific. My only bus to you. <laughs> I just want to forget about Fran Alonso. I mean, uh, you could you do have shown a wee bit more passion in the dugout, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I just think he's so refreshing. It's a guy that needs ecstasy to calm him down. It's <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. The animation that you saw yesterday was amazing. It's just like wow. And see, and I like you, Russell. That can only transmit to the players. I mean, of course, when the guy goes absolutely wild, you know, and yeah. he, he just as a manager, he leaves it all out there every yeah. time they go over the, the white line. So your players can only learn off that, and, and it rub off on them, you know. Do you know what we 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 were saying yesterday on the on the on the coverage? Do you know the best thing about all that though is it's not for cameras, it's not for show, it's completely authentic. It's just and that is the best thing about it. That's what's so like gravitating towards. That's why you gravitate towards because it's just real energy, um, and it contrasts and compares with the season we've just had massively. You know, I mean, the the contrast is night and day with a whole team believing in themselves the comparison is that we've both finished second and we've both got Champions League football potentially to look forward to next year and and another example of somebody who's come in without a Celtic connection and gets it totally gets it gets it you know I mean that, that's what you want isn't it really yeah absolutely well, absolutely I'm sorry, no, no, I, um, you know, like you say, he's just he's, he's just came in and, and totally engrossed himself in it. Um, and it's so heartwarming to see. Tremendous. Well, that's another Monday Club wrap for <laughs> this week. I've been Tony Haggerty, the fat-faced trumpet. That's been the Dizzy, Ra- the Dizzy Rascal, Russell Boyce, and that's been the amazing Amy Canavan, even though you've been a bit poorly. I hope you feel better. As the week goes on, Amy, but thanks for joining us. Very kind. C S O M. That's it, Russell. You very quickly. So, Amy, you're exempt because you're a bit ill, but we'll get you to do it one day. Marketers Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust.
Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.